This episode of Landmine Radio is sponsored by Dittman Research. Do you know what the most valuable thing in the world is? High-quality information. Because high-quality information informs much better decision-making. Dittman Research has been providing high-quality information to Alaska's leading businesses, organizations, and campaigns for 50 years. Do you really know what Alaskans think about your company or your issue? How about your clients, your shareholders, or your employees? So stop fumbling around in the dark. Hire Dittman Research and find out what's really going on. DittmanResearch.com folks very excited to be back here with maddie co what's up maddie hi hi jeff thanks thanks for inviting me here <laughs> I, I have a lot i want to talk about with you for the folks who don't know you you're a um, young woman from palmer but currently studying at RISD, which is mm-hmm. the we're going to talk about how i know about that but the rhode island school of design right mm-hmm. yeah that's correct and i want to talk about how we met but um before we get to there you, you've been kind of partnered up with landmine now for like over a year mm-hmm. yeah since last summer and uh, we'll talk about that, but you, you do great work and big fan. And we just had our election central, which you were helping out with, which was um, my favorite moment was the hot mic moment with Senator Dan Sullivan, <laughs> where I was talking to Sabrina about how, how she thinks he's very good looking and he could hear us and his wife was next to him. That was good. That was good. Were you, were you watching all that? Were you like in the, cause you were doing the zoom stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I was managing the zoom room. Just, like- just a little bit stressful. I, I definitely... The last election central was more relaxed for me. Yeah, the last <laughs> just, one was just, just kind of, you were just hanging out with the folks watching and there was some sushi. Mm-hmm. But this one, you got the landmine coveralls. Yes. So once yeah. you go landmine coveralls, that's, it's pretty official. You, you got to work after you gotta, that. You got to, yeah, the working man's, <laughs> working man's media, person's media, we'll say. Um, so we met, so I got to tell the story. So you, you cold emailed me uh, mm-hmm. like June or something of 19. And I get quite a bit of emails press releases, or I just get random people saying, you know, so I, I try to look at everything and decide what's important and what's not. Um, and it was basically like, uh, hey, I'm a Maddie, I'm a graphic designer, and, uh, you know, you fall, I guess, how'd you know about the landmine? Because you, cause you were in Rhode Island then, right? Yeah, one, one of my friends told me about it. Like I mentioned that I was interested in news design and that sort of thing, and that I was free for the entire <laughs> summer. I was back home and didn't really have a real internship or job or anything yet, so they suggested I reach out. So I was reading it. And I was like, oh, this sounds cool, you know, because Paxson does our graphic work, but he's busy. <coughs> he's busy a lot, and sometimes it's kind of, you know, if we need something quickly done or whatever. I said, great. <laughs> also, you're an Alaskan. But then it was like, it was from a RISD email. And my first thought, and I think I might have even like, I don't know if I emailed, responded to this, or if I told you this when we met, but I go, wedding crashers. Because, and you've watched it since finally, right? Mm-hmm, last week. <laughs> it only took me one over a year. So so in the Wedding Crashers um, movie, there's a scene at the t- dinner table where Todd, kind of the kind of the odd um, black sheep son of the, of the treasury secretary guy who's like all polished and wants to run for president and this great, like kind of good looking athletic family. He's kind of a weird guy. And um, he's, he's strange. At one point, uh, Owen Wilson, he mentioned that he's like, oh, Todd goes to, like somebody said, RISD. And he's like, or a Rhode Island School of Design. He's like, oh, RISD, yeah, that's a great school. And I never forgot that. I Yeah, I was thinking about that later. It's interesting you you picked that up. Like, that was one of the details from the movie you picked up. I don't know why. I mean, I had never heard of RISD before that. But then, and then talking to Paxson, you know, much, that was, I saw that a long time ago. But um, it is like the one of the premier, like, like art schools in the country, right? We're, we're pretty well ranked, yes. You're like, I don't want to brag. <laughs> so how'd you, I mean, you were always into art when you were younger or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, always drawing, always doing creative things. I didn't really know if if 
I would end up doing it for a career. But actually, I think it was fifth grade when someone saw one of my drawings and I'm like, did you know that billboards, you know, they have to be designed by people. There's there's graphic designers that make those. And I guess that's when I first found out about it as a career. But it was just like slowly continuing to do this stuff and then realizing I might as well try it out in college. So, you mean you were looking at like art schools? Because I packed and went to, was it Middle, Middlebury, I think? That's, mm-hmm. another, that's another kind of school like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Middlebury, I think that's more just a general college. But yeah, RISD was the only art school I applied to. I think the main plan was to go to regular school, just maybe major in design, but take lots of other classes. But it's hard. It's hard to say no once you go and visit RISD, I feel like. What's that? So what's it like there? It's like a really nice campus or? Uh, not, not even that the buildings are that nice or anything, but no, Providence is really charming. It's a nice little artsy place and you know, our, our foundation year, which is the freshman year that they all talk about is just this really intense first year where you're doing, you, you have eight hour classes, three days a week, and then liberal arts classes the other days. But I was, I was attracted to this environment of people that were always doing things, always working really hard and, you know, being around other people who knew that design or art was what they wanted to do. You know, at, at other colleges, you may find other people in your classes that aren't as committed. So is it like, it's all, basically, it's all kind of very, like, artistic type people. Everybody who goes there, is that kind of... Mm-hmm. So when yeah. you applied, were you, like, thinking you were going to get in, or did you just kind of send in, like, did they ask you to send in, like, work you've done, or... Yeah, I sent in a portfolio. It's it's pretty crazy if you're applying for art school or even just design programs at other places. So I had probably 20 projects that you upload and you you write a description about, and that's considered in your whole application. And that's a pretty big part of it. You know, they 20? really... Yeah, yeah. You, you had done 20 at that point? Yeah, like just drawings, like weird sculptures. It's, it's all high school art, but I mean, they want to see what what you can do. And then they even had a special assignment on top of that. It's so, a so, lot. so, so you you told me we talked about this on the little pre, the pre Zoom test or the election central test. But you're the only Alaskan right now at RISD, right? But mm-hmm. there was somebody else there as well when you were first going there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she graduated the year that I got there, so I'm the only one there right now. Also Palmer, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So so what's it like being? Um, in like an artistic, artsy kind of place from Alaska where, like I moved to Alaska in 04 from New Mexico. So at that time, that was before Palin, before all the TV shows, before like the Alaska kind of, you know, ubiquitous everywhere um, image. Back then I was like Alaska, you know, I wanted to go here. It kind of seemed adventurous, but it's like this kind of cold, distant place. Maybe maybe you get some money for living there. You heard that. and But now it's like everyone kind of knows, like Palin, you know, Deadliest Catch, uh, the gold, you know, all the Alaska State Troopers, right? All these TV shows. Mm-hmm. So, like, what do people say when you're, I'm from, I'm, I'm from Alaska? Yeah, they talk about Palin or they ask me if I've seen a certain show, which I've never seen the show. I mean, no one here. Do you, do you watch any of the Alaska I've shows? Not, I mean, I used to watch Deadliest Catch, and I okay. actually I, I enjoyed some of the State Trooper shows. Mm-hmm. But the other ones, like, I've, maybe I've seen some, but they aren't, like, you know, there, there was the uh, one where the people, what the hell is it called? Like, they're fucking living outside or the out, but. What the hell's that? You know, the Alaska pe- outdoor people or something, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I mean, it's not at all representative of like, no, they, they take yeah. the most extreme type thing and then they like put it on because obviously that's what people watch. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of those shows do not. I mean, Deadliest Catch is probably one of the better, you know, but that's just a very niche like crabbing type. But Trooper show was really good. I don't know why they canceled. It. I think the Troopers got tired of it because mm-hmm. <laughs> they were having the cameras everywhere. And it was like, I mean, obviously some of the, st- a lot of the stuff that people watch isn't like. You know, the troopers, like, helping someone, you know, get out of the ditch. or it's like mm-hmm. crazy shit. Yeah. People ask about the daylight a lot. Yeah. That's, well, and you're, I mean, well, I guess Providence is, 
kind of higher up, right? It's mm-hmm. other thing about Providence that I love is uh, Dumb and Dumber. You probably haven't that's seen that's there. I that's where they start in Providence, yeah, Rhode Island. So many, so many, so many Rhode Island shows. So you started going there this year, what fourth year? Mm-hmm. So you're about you're about to kind of finish up. Yep, yep. I have one semester left. Actually, I haven't been going to school right now, so it feels it feels weird. I I don't know. COVID <laughs> hitting in the middle of the junior year makes it feel like college is over already in a way. So my my, my buddy, I don't even know the guy that well. He reached out to me. He's 19. He goes to um, school in Washington. He wrote an article um, a month or some some ago called uh, he was from here called uh, college with you know COVID with college with COVID, and um, maybe you could talk about that. So he was down there for the first year and it was normal for the first semester and then this happened and now it's like totally so you've gone two years regular college three well two, um, almost three two and a half yeah. before covid mm-hmm. and then this happened and you came back right uh you stay did you stay in uh, rhode island no i came back pretty much the weekend that we found out school would be going online yeah middle of march that's right yeah you, yeah i remember that yeah you came because i was that's the other thing we do is like now that you're doing like landmark like i'll just email you or text you at like random hours with yeah. like Hey, can you make this like really crazy satire graphic about like people like Republicans running away to Canada or something? Mm, <laughs> like, yeah, <okay. laughs> and then I won't get calls quite as late when I'm in Alaska. It's it's nice to be in the same time zone, right? Because yeah, if I call you like nine <laughs> o'clock, I I still remember that I was like, shit, it's four hours ahead. You only woke me up once. I I was kind of mad. Sorry, <laughs> but but then I woke you up in the morning once. So you did, yeah. It's, so it's we, we yeah, got, kind of got you back. We, there. Got, we, we got even. Yeah. Um, the thing I like about you the most is just like Paxson. You guys are very artistic, and if I like have some crazy idea. I'm not an artistic person at all. I can't, I draw like stick things and they look horrible. Um, and it's like fascinating to me how some people can just draw something. I just can't do that. Like for a million dollars, I couldn't do that. But, um, if it's your Paxson and, um, especially the set, you do a lot of the satire graphics. Mm-hmm. I just kind of give you a description and I say, I say like, go ahead. And like, you always produce just like amazing. I just love it. It's always such good stuff. And it's just based on, I kind of describe it, but I can't really envision it. I mean, I can a little bit, but I can't like see it cause I can't draw it. I think you envisioned something. You maybe have a blurry view of it. I don't know, like the way the way you describe things. Sometimes I get a sense that you like see an image. I, I can, <laughs> if that makes sense. I can see it. Like like one of the examples is one of the ones that I just probably as exactly maybe as I saw it was the uh, we did the satire about Senator Machicki, um trying to offer free booze for a year because he's been trying to pass his alcohol bill for like eight years, mm-hmm. and it was at the end of session. It was almost it passed the house. It was almost there. Um, and you no, know, I passed the Senate and it was almost there. I just needed one vote in the house and it didn't go. And it was like all cause of COVID and all this. And it was like an eight year. So I just said, Hey, here's a, take him and the finance room and like, and then add some milk. And you had this great picture of him standing there, like smi- very happy with like booze everywhere, Alaska booze and like liquor. You think and... I found some kegs to put in the back? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, that was one of the ones where I was like, wow, that was exactly kind of as I envisioned it. Mm-hmm, interesting. But there's, I mean, you've done so many, um, they're, 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 they're so good. It's really fun. Yeah, I, I think it's rare for designers to get pretty much total freedom over what they do. I know that like the crazier it gets, almost the better it is. So it's yeah. It's so I have fun. some. Fr- I have friends who um, who work in graphic design for like firms, established firms. You know, like PR firms, or and um, they they said sometimes they just hate it because they have this what you're talking about, like very rigid, and you know. It's usually people like me, probably, who don't have any, like, I'm not an artist. So that's why I say, if it's you or Paxson or whatever, I say, like, just, just go. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. So 
getting back to the COVID. So you came back, but you're still going. I mean, was it? Were you doing online before? A little bit of online, or back in March? Just in or, general, just in, in uh, school. Never, not really. No. I guess <laughs> I with, mean, the, we, with, with the art, it's probably kind of we have to be there. Yeah, the in-person aspect is really important for us. And then we also have studios, so you have places to work. And, and for us, that looks like desks. But for the other majors at our school, that's like sh- wood shops and machinery and all these things that you do not have at home when you go back. You know, like knitting machines, things mm-hmm. like that. So it was, we felt it really hard at RISD. And, you know, there were final shows. Like we have apparel majors and they couldn't have their final fashion show you know what they've been working on basically that entire year so this is like this is really sad this is like drawers artists but it's also uh sculptors and fashion i mean it's all it's Mm -hmm. basically the whole how many people go there i think it's less than two thousand for undergrad and they have like a graduate too Mm -hmm. yeah so other thing i want to ask you about is is um I, i don't know but i'm assuming kind of east coast liberal arts artistic there's probably a lot of like do you do you see any of this kind of like you we see articles about like Comedians don't want to go to college campuses anymore because, like, Bill Maher or Chris Rock or, like, Larry the Cable cable Guy, um, because it's, like, this kind of woke, like, you can't tell certain jokes. Um, do you see that there? Is that, like, a, I mean, I know you're a lot, around a lot of other colleges in the East Coast that are probably kind of that kind of woke, like, progressive mentality. Is that a thing mm-hmm. there? Or? Yeah, we're... We're interesting. I mean, I think that if someone's a Republican there, they're probably like closeted, <laughs> they'll say, or, or I, don't, I don't think people would really mention it, you know, but most of that wokeness happens online and on social media, it seems like. I think that people are reposting a lot. They're posting and tagging and resharing things. I think that's great for information, but as far as how much that often comes up, that actually comes up in conversation, I think it's a lot less. Like that seems to happen mostly on Instagram mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I, I was just, you know, there's like the whole college, like the comedian thing where I saw this, I just sent you that, it was like three, it was a Vice News thing, and it was these like all these comedians that were, basically had these like minders or like like censors, these these colleges hired to vet the comedians before they, go, you know, would go up and perform and they'd, they'd like look at their routines and they'd say, you know, basically like, you know, whether it's like homophobic or transphobic or any certain racial, you can't tell these jokes, right? So they, they were, like, interviewing all these comedians that are, um, they're, like, working comedians, so they're younger. And it's hard because, like, a lot of their income is, like, college colleges. Mm. But now they're they're being, like, limited or censored by some of these, like, I don't know, I forget what they're called. There's, like, some position in these, like, colleges where they tell people what they can say. But then they went to the older comedians that were, like, established, like, um, that had been doing it for a long time. And they were like, yeah, fuck that. We don't go to college anymore because we're sick of, like, getting, like, booed or told what to do. or um, And this is not just, like you know, progressive, this is like people like Larry the Cable Guy too. And then also Chris Rock and then like Bill Maher. Um, and then there's like the, the Ben Shapiro thing. Remember that? And some of these like Milo people, these aren't comedians, Just, but they're like these like yeah, people pro- getting provocative speakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Getting hate before they even get there, I guess, because of who they are. It's, like that we, was we the, just have artists come to campus. There's, there's not much controversial going on there. I mean, with the jokes, there's, there's things you shouldn't say now, but that's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's probably there's probably things we shouldn't. I mean, there's. I think there's good. It's good to like not say you know, racial or, or racist or, or discriminatory things, and that's good. But I, I think sometimes people take it to the next level where you can say something maybe political. I don't like, um, which which, you know, like Ber- Berkeley is the example. I think Berkeley is like ban- banned Bill Maher, you know, because he's said stuff about, um, you know, the, the Islam they didn't like, and then Ben Shapiro was they like. 
they like tore like they were going to tear the thing down. You know, they were like protesting it, and they had hired security, and it's pretty mm. wild. Yeah, it's crazy that the free speech conversation is kind of centering around colleges. And the irony is, you know, the, these colleges in the '60s were like Berkeley was like these were like the bastions of free speech. Um, what was the anti-war stuff, and and they fought against like at the time it was kind of the the other side was trying to limit it. The, 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 the conservative side. Now it's almost mm-hmm. flipped where the progressive side is trying to limit what people can say. Weird, t- weird time. How old are you? You're 20. I'm 21. Yeah. So it's like talking to you cause I'm 35. So, I mean, we're just, we're like probably seeing the world so differently now because you're, you're still in college and what's it like? What, so when you go back, like you come to Alaska and now it's wintry and you're, you're going back tonight, right? Mm-hmm. But you come in the summertime, you must be like, this is great. You know, this is like great. I, I love it. I mean, if I could just come back for Alaska summers the rest of my life, I, I totally would. So <laughs> no do you have downsides. any, I mean, do you have any plans about like when you're done? Cause you know, you, you can kind of work from anywhere. I mean, especially with COVID now people, we've kind of figured out people can almost work from anywhere. I mean, I'm excited to be in an office when, when world situation allows it, but no, it seems like any job that my class will be taking will basically be starting online. If we're starting in June, it'll probably be remote. And that's that's weird to think about, meeting your coworkers online for the first time. That's really, yeah. I mean, I I think there's advantages to, like, the Zoom thing. You can, instead of having to, like, you know, prep and, you know, go somewhere and you can just have a quick thing. But there's also just, at least for me, too, the way I work, it's, like, to collaborate and to talk and really have ide- sure ideas. Being in person is, is so much more valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, well, we never really work in person, but that must be why it's so much like talking on the phone too, yeah, which so I've never really done. <laughs> like that's that's another thing with people that are twenty one. Like we don't talk on the phone very much. I know people will text me <laughs> and then I'll call, like especially younger, I'll call them and they'll be like, "Why are you calling me?" I'm like, I don't know. I want to talk. Like I want to talk. It's weird how how much it's like shifted from. And there's other people who are like that. Like like in, like send me a message. Send me a message on Instagram. I'll get that sometimes. Like, oh, a DM? Yeah, yeah. Like DM me on Instagram or something. Or like, uh, that's a weird one. Younger, the Instagram is big, mm-hmm. bigger. I mean, I'm on there and I, I look at it. But have you seen the Social Dilemma? I haven't. You have to I've watch. Heard a lot that. about it though. Oh shit, you have to watch it. It's like this guy Tristan, um, Tristan. What's his last name? He's basically like a Google tech executive before, and it's all these like tech executives talking about like how they've designed designed social media to like and the internet as well, just to make us like. It's not even so much tracking, like, what we're doing specifically. It's just the behavior, and it's, like, keep you engaged. And, you know, it's, it's really good. They kind of, like, they, they, they do, like, um, they use these three, the same guy, but this guy, I forget his name, from Mad Men, and they basically uh, personify the algorithm mm. into, like, a person behind, like, a little, and it's, like, tracking, <laughs> like, how to make people stay engaged. It's really, it's really interesting. Because, um, you know, like, I'm, I look at the phone, and I, I try to do it less and less, but... You know, Facebook or Twitter or email or. Yeah, I've been sucked back into Facebook. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, I, I'm, I'm going to get back out. I've recently bad. added you. <laughs> I, I know, yeah. I added you because of uh, this. And it's here. He's here. It's amazing uh, German short-haired pointer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an amazing dog. Yeah, this is Toby, T-O-B-I. He's in the studio with us. He's, he's basically one of the goofiest dogs I've ever. You actually introduced him to my friend Mel Gillis when you came over. Um you were doing. You, by the way, you did some great work for for, for that campaign. Some of the. Oh, thank you. The, the um, I think the cartoon was just a lot of people were talking about the cartoon. That was, that was uh, people liked that one. Took a lot of time, so I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it was so. It was, I just couldn't believe how you like were able to do, do the faces. So, I mean, they look they look really good. 
Well, they, they look good, bad. Yeah, I think I just got lucky. Well, they, they look kind of like, like, like a funny. They're supposed to note. be funny. It's yeah. supposed to be a political yeah. cartoon thing. But I mean, so how does that work? So you just look at something like, and you can just kind of, you can just. Do you look at it? I mean, do you keep looking at it or do you? Like, uh, honestly, I went on YouTube. I watched some how to draw caricature <laughs> videos. And then I also did some just tracing over their faces to get it exactly right. But I think choosing a photo and trying to replicate that exact expression helped a lot. I just love like the tiny, tiny bodies and like the huge. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You said you do bobbleheads. Yeah, bobblehead. Yeah. Because he's political. And that's the thing. Like they still have those in the newspapers. Not as big as before, I think, in the past. But I mean, political cartoons. I mean, the Economist still does them a lot and. It's a huge, like, it's a huge thing. People, people have been, we've been doing these for hundreds of years mm-hmm. in this country. You go back and look at some of the old political cartoons from like the 1800s, they're very, very funny. Sometimes very, very directly kind of mean. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, the style really hasn't changed that much because I think I've seen some that are pretty old and it, and I, and I think it's evolved a bit, but really it's a similar aesthetic. Maybe that's, maybe that's your thing. Maddie becomes like the political cartoonist. Well, okay, but but per an hour, that that's not the best job. Cost. Yeah, you'd have to <laughs> charge per hour. You'd have to have a really high fee, or just have a have a lot of. Yeah, because it probably takes a while to to do that, right? I mean, yeah. if, even if you're really 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 good at it, it's still going to take a while. And so I kind of approach that cartoon from a like as a graphic designer would. So I think a normal cartoonist or a person who draws more would have drawn the whole scene, and I basically did every person individually, every element individually and then compiled them together in Photoshop. So I think that's, you know, you, you realize something's wrong and then you say, okay, well I have to go back and draw again and, and redo it rather than creating the whole scene at the same time. If that makes sense. So I think there's, mm-hmm. there's probably better ways to do it, but it was still fun. So you're using like, how long did that take you? I mean, that was like four people and, and obviously the plane, there was different elements of it. I mean, it took about, I mean, probably it took about a week, I think, but you weren't doing it for a week straight. You're probably just going back and forth. At least 20 hours. It took that long? Yeah, and then and then once wow. I commit to it, I told you, okay, so I'm going to try this drawing thing out, going to commit to it. And then, I don't know, with things like that, you just want to make them look perfect. It was so also. good. Oh, yeah, we, I want to start doing, I, I actually think, I'm thinking about doing some more like landmine political cartoons. And I want to def- definitely like engage you on that. So what are you, you're using like Adobe, Photo, I mean, what do you use? Like you probably use all kinds of different programs, right? Yeah, for satire, normally Photoshop. I think that's the easiest way to just manip- manipulate things and make crazy stuff. But normally, like, well, using because like you, you did for my campaign, I had you do some some for that video we did. You did that crazy um, those graphic uh, infographics, mm-hmm. which was a whole another another type of gr- graphic art, right? But that's like After Effects, is that right? The was it for animations? Yeah, the yeah, graphic that, animations. Yeah, that was probably you, After Effects. You did two yeah. things. You did the map. Remember we did the, the we did the district map layout, but then we did the other video where we had uh, the story basically about the the whole um, that that issue with my, you know I'll go into it, but you know the opponent video we did basically the, the, oh. the, the that yeah. deal they made after the primary and so that was a really that was that was an email one though because I had to like have there was so many elements of that one mm-hmm. and I didn't go about that one the right way either. I mean, I worked I worked really hard on the parts that I wanted to make look really good without. I feel like planning the whole, the whole thing. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the thing. I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how everything turns out, but after a lot of projects, I definitely see how I could have planned better so or, or like sent you rough drafts. I think I just sent you the final. <laughs> I was like, okay, Jeff, how to, well, and, how and, to go. And, and then Scott was, so, uh, that, that yeah. one was with working with Scott. He was doing mm-hmm. the video part of it. 
So he had to take your files and then put it into, I guess he's using with music edition, and Adobe maybe, is that what they use? or That the, might be the audio one, yeah. Yeah, the video audio program, but they're having to, I don't know, like I look at Scott and Kale, for example, he's doing a lot of video stuff and I'm like watching him do it. And I'm just like, fucking like, how do you do that? Like, it's going so fast and there's like all these elements like video, audio, you know, effects, all these different things. And, you know, it's just like when you, when I watch TV now, if I watch like a movie or a documentary or like a frontline, you know, now I know like we've made... Me and Scott Jensen made a homeless video on homelessness last year, mm-hmm. and and you know we it looks it's thirty minute video which is a lot longer than we thought. I mean that took like fucking weeks, like five minutes, a good five minutes of like a video, whether it's like a documentary style or whether it's got graphic. I mean you're talking about like five or ten hours probably. It's true. Th- things take time, and you also need to just plan for it to take longer than you expect. You know you think oh I'll, I'll do that it'll be I'll I'll finish it tonight no. <laughs> That's really why, that's why I'd love to have, you know, someday if I ever have the budget, like I think a lot of these big projects, like frontline or, you know, for some documentary, I mean, there's like, there's like teams of people. There's like mm-hmm. 30, 40, there's like graphic people, there's video people, there's audio people, there's all these people doing all these elements. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it just obviously goes faster the more people. Mm-hmm. So, so you've worked, so we met with Landmine and then we did some political stuff and then I had you just introduced you to some other folks doing political stuff and you were working the Yes on Two, mm-hmm. which by the way is, it's, it's Thursday the 12th. And it's very close. It's so close. It's, yeah, it's I, I mean, I think votes, the past right? few days I've just been trying to distract myself, just do lots of snowshoeing and not think about it. But what did you just say? Though? So I was saying, how did you get involved? They just knew you or you, you went to them kind of like me or? Yeah, I had a friend and he knew that I was a designer. And, you know, also, I mean, so many of us just had free summers this summer again because of the whole COVID thing. So you probably got paid. I mean, I imagine pretty good. They, they had a pretty big budget, right? They, had a, they raised a lot of money. So. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they, you got paid. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got, yeah, yes. So what I was going to ask you is, do you have any, um, some people in this industry will kind of, they either get associ- associated with like the Democratic side or the Republican side for, for doing work. Like, the, you know, Democrats hire them or Republican. There's some kind of a little bit of folks that do like a little bit of both, kind of just work with a person. Have you thought about that? Like, do, do you look at the political stuff? Like, do you look at the candidate or the group saying, I support that cause or I support their like, agenda or them as a person or do you just kind of say i just like doing graphic work and i'll I'll work for anybody who wants to hire me Mm -hmm. at at this point it's it's still a job for me and i'm still learning trying to get experience so maybe when i do get to the point where i have some leverage i can maybe pick the side or or you know pick jobs because money is an issue i mean ballot measure two i did really like and did fully support but i honestly would have done it Either, either way for the chance to design on a campaign, you know, as so for, the for one someone at my age. So if the one well, people would have came to you and they would have been like, hey, no, we need you to like. Well, that. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the, yeah, the, the yeah. no side, sorry, the no side of the ballot measure. If I had a friend on the team, well, I don't know. It was a little different at the time, I guess. Well, in the yes side, I know those guys like Scott and Shay, and those are pretty cool, kind of like very easygoing. I mean, I assume they were kind of like, hey, was it like me? We're kind of, hey, go ahead. We want you to, here's the, here's the vision. Yeah, they definitely trusted me with creative things, which was really great. The funniest thing was we were at the boardroom where Scott has his, Scott Jensen works at the boardroom, mm-hmm. and we were testing our gear for the election central. This is a few weeks ago, and I was trying to find some people that could test it with Zoom, and I asked you if you could, I, I think I texted you, can you do the Zoom, I, and then you were on it, and you were fucking in the room next to us. <laughs> I know, yeah, I, I moved to the downstairs office, so it would be quieter, and then I thought, oh, that's funny. Someone must be watching the the Facebook Live. That's it's really loud. Wow! <laughs> that's me. And I realized it's this booming mic, and it, yeah, you're next, literally next door. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, that was um, board, boardroom's kind of a 
Do you spend a lot of time there with the two? Yes, so, on two. I mean, I didn't go there much this summer when I was actually in Alaska, but spent a decent amount of the last couple of weeks there. I've been there yeah, a little so bit with much. Scott, and it's just a. I kind of like the collaborative. You know, there's a lot of people there, and you can kind of talk. And you know, this COVID thing is really kind of. I hate these fucking masks. I mean, I wear them. You know, I wear it, but I just, it's just, it just. Like now, I go to the you know, if I go to the Captain Cook Athletic Club, they they've more cases and stuff, and they've um, they're still open. They were open closed for like six months, but they want you to like wear a mask while you're like working out, which sucks. Yeah, I think gyms are not even. They don't make sense at this point. I'd love to have like a, a lot of money. I'd have like a nice little gym, you know, my house. But right. uh, now it's winter, so now at least, you know, you're leaving soon, but I can do my cross-country skiing. I didn't know cross-country ski. Is there any of that? In, I mean, probably not a lot of snow there. Is there in Rhode Island? Does, it, does it snow and melt? No. Uh, it does. It, it'll stay and it'll pile up. Kind of remind me of Fairbanks even a little bit, the way the way it piles up. But oh, no, the, the it was wind? the snow. Like when it gets windy, like snow, like snow drifts or, or just no, just just on purpose because they don't know what to do with it. They don't really have set places to they, shovel it into. But I feel like just around our RISD buildings, we'll get these clumps, and it and I like, say, oh, that reminds me of home. Everyone's like, oh my god, <laughs> like wh- where do you? Because you lived in Fairbanks too, didn't you? Not just Palmer. Mm-hmm. When did you move to Palmer? When you were? So I was about to go into my junior year of high school. Oh, so you were mostly growing up in Fairbanks. That was for three years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I go there sometimes. I just, I don't know. It's so fucking cold in the wintertime. I just can't do it. I was there one time and it was like 40 below zero and I was like, this sucks. The darkness sucks too. Both. Yeah. yeah it's like, compo- I mean, at least in Anchorage is like, you know, obviously the COVID thing dampered it, but there's so much more to do here. Mm-hmm. Like Fairbanks, there's like nothing. Juno the same way when I go to Juno for the, you know, everything's kind of closed. Like there's the bars pretty much. That's it. Everything's closed after like 10 Mm-hmm. So you can go to the bar yeah. or you can, there's no rest. I mean, there's no kind of late, late thing to do there. Yeah. I mean, I was excited to move to Palmer for the most part. Is yep. that because of your dad, because your dad, your dad's a doctor. Did he, was it a job thing or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they even, it was so weird. My parents asked me and they said, you know, we don't have to move, but there's this cool job opportunity in Palmer. Like we can go. Is that Okay. I said, I'm the teenager. You guys can do whatever. That's <laughs> awesome, you parents. Yeah, it was very considerate. I mean, it was it was the middle of high school, but I don't know. It seemed like a, a good opportunity to go have your life uprooted and, and start mm-hmm. over, uh, but also be close to Anchorage. We cl- like, could do volleyball and stuff here, and then now I'm you know, doing landmine things. That probably wouldn't have happened if I had been in mm-hmm. Fairbanks. Well, that's considerate because, I mean, uh, you know, moving halfway through college, you know, high school, you, you got your friends. and So was it was it Palmer? Was it Colony? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Was that way different than... Fairbanks or it bigger? It, or it was bigger. Yeah. And then I actually ended up going to Palmer. We, so our house got built and then I switched schools to Palmer, but it was, I don't know. I really liked West Valley as a school. It was a really good school. So it's a Thursday and now you're going back tonight, right? You're flying back to, that's a long flight. I mean, that's like what, the, whole, the red eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think five hours and then another three or four hours. So what's the plan? Like kind of figure out what happens and then. Spent like winter, winter in Rhode Island or what? Yeah, so that's gonna suck because we got that four-hour time difference again. When, 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 when <laughs> okay, if, if you call me past midnight, I'll call you before eight or nine oh, the God. next day. No, don't do no, don't don't do that. That's don't the deal. That. Uh, yeah, so actually, my mom lives in Idaho, and I have I have family in Salt Lake, so I'll probably end up staying there for Christmas and not oh nice not coming back for at least a little while. Speaking of that, um, I don't know if you heard about Landmine Book Club. 
I we just did, launched I, Landline Book Club. Mm-hmm. Our first book is Educated mm-hmm. by um, Tara Westover, who was um, from Idaho. She, she was, do you know about this book? I do. This is a really good book. Yeah, I, I, I just started it, and it's like, wow. Have you read it? I So I think I listened to part of it. You should definitely get it. It's an a, insane You should get story. a Landline Book Club. We're having our first meeting on December 15th. Okay, that's a decent amount of Pretty, 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 yeah, it's like a month. But uh, yeah, that's an Idaho thing. It's like she was raised in some survivalist Mormon type, like never, her birth wasn't registered, never like learned about anything in the world. And then when she was 17, like went out and got like, got educated. I'm very excited. You spend a lot of time in Idaho or no? Not, not as much. It's, it's tough, you know, you don't have friends your age around there. It's, it's different going back, but you know, holidays. Yeah, some some of Christmas break and some of summer, but it was tough to do both Idaho and Alaska. I think I found that out freshman year. Like, like how do you to fly, fit that in? How do you fly? Do you fly like Boise to like Seattle or something? Or mm-hmm. it's like a little regional commuter type. It's okay. Boise is a very up and coming town, but what do you mean? Like a smaller plane? Yeah, it's it a smaller, is smaller. plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like well, how big is how big is Boise? I I've been to Idaho once when I was in high school. I went skiing at Silver and Schweitzer. Hmm. I North, don't Northern know that Idaho, place, yeah. I think. I, I, Grew up skiing in Idaho, but I don't. That's northern Idaho. Okay. Um, how big is Boise? I don't even know. Is it? When I think Idaho, I just think of like potatoes or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, my mom grew up in a tiny town, and her, and her dad's a farmer. So many of their family is is still farming in some capacity. But yeah, it's it's totally different, rural, but not like Alaska. So you're saying Boise is like a bustling place, or it's like a, mm-hmm. like a booming place? Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah, they they have. More malls than we do in Anchorage, probably. How many people? Do you know off the top of your hand how many people? We should Google that real quick. See, I need like I need like somebody like the producer. Like, you ever watch Joe Rogan? Oh, I have. Yeah, he's got like Jamie. That cool. You know, he like looks stuff up for him. It's like very, <laughs> you know, he's making a hundred million dollars from Spotify, so he can probably afford to have. You hear about that? I know that's insane. How much are? Yeah, do I get a cut of this? By the way, I don't. There's no money <laughs> here. I mean, we could. I tried to get a sponsor. Um, if believe me, if I had the money, I'd give you a cut. I mean, I. We have, we have one sponsor who kind of does, like, Dipman research, but mm-hmm. it's not, you know. I'm, by the way, if you're listening, folks, and you want to sponsor <laughs> the – we have a lot of listeners, actually. We're, we're growing every day. Um, we use the Podbean, which is this, like, little kind of podcasting um, software, online software. And then when you post an episode, it goes to, like, you know, Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Radio Public. So oh, it goes nice. to all those yeah, places. Yeah, I, I listen on Apple. That's Yeah, that's, that's probably I the do. most yeah. – I think most of our downloads come from Apple. So Boise has – According to the Wikipedia, which we we're going to rely on, two hundred twenty-eight thousand. So I like Anchorage. Hmm, yeah, less than Anchorage a little bit, but yeah, pretty close to Anchorage. Look at that nice dome cap. Look at that. <laughs> Love that. So, huh? I should, I should go check out Boise sometime. Didn't realize it was that big. Yeah, I remember I, when I moved to Fairbanks, a, a ton of soccer kids had just gone on, just had a tournament there, and and they actually knew. They knew a lot about Idaho. I said, I loved Boise so much. I was so surprised. Said, oh, yeah, my grandparents. You know, another <laughs> one, I was just, just Boise. I had a lunch meeting yesterday with some people. We were talking about, like, the, kind of the mayoral race and um, Anchorage. It's, like, what's Anchorage's vision? And, you know, for me, it's, like, I think the next mayor should, should just have a huge focus on, you know, after COVID, like, we, we realize there's, like, a lot of people who can work remotely, more so than before. And there's people in Seattle and San Francisco who are these tech-type people who would like would like fucking love to live in Anchorage, where within an hour you can be in the kind of outdoor experiences that most people spend their whole life to see, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of folks are getting tired of, like, some of the politics and, like, this Chaz thing in Seattle and this, like, defund the police. And, you know, California, it's like there's issues with 
the homeless problem and, you know, people are starting to leave. Like Joe Rogan left California. Um, he went to Texas. Ben Shapiro, he took his whole business to like Tennessee. Now, there's more stories of people that are just leaving. because, hmm. But I think we have an opportunity here to really attract younger people who want to, you know, work remote, who are in tech or in banking or, in, you know, securities and whatever. Um, we have great internet speeds here, but who also want to go, you know, in the Chugach or they want to go on a hike or they want to go pack rafting or they want to mm-hmm. go canoeing or kayaking, whatever it is, ice climbing. Yeah. Yeah. Anchorage is really not that different from anywhere else. I mean, it, it's been weird. Like I, I've been staying in town for the past month and it's my first time really like sleeping and staying here, but it doesn't seem like Alaska in a way. Like it's so convenient to be here and, and yeah. that's good. That's good for anyone coming up. But you can also but, yeah. like drive 25 minutes, be at the, you know, you know, one of the parking lots of the trailheads and then half an hour later you can be in like pristine outdoor Chugach where people are you know other thing with COVID is I talked to folks who came out you're one of them you came back to Alaska a lot of kids or younger people were in college or working and they were stuck in like Chicago or New York or Seattle they're stuck in a building they're stuck in like a little Mm -hmm. tiny you can't go anywhere I know yeah yeah the whole point is to is to have a bad small apartment and then you never you never stay there or spend any time there so it you know some of these people who are living in like New York or Chicago or or Seattle, I mean, they're spending, you know, half a million dollars or a million dollars for this tiny little place, which like you said, okay, you have to have it. But then they realize like, fuck, I could, for that money, I could have a huge, I mean, Anchorage has higher housing prices than the national average, but lower than like Seattle or San Francisco mm-hmm, for or sure. Chicago. So anyways, I was telling you that we met with these guys and we we're talking about, and I didn't realize this, but, you know, Oklahoma City has gone like gangbusters. They passed the sales tax and they did it where they had to vote. The people have to, they dedicate like some small percentage, very tiny percentage each year to some capital project and the people have to vote on it. But, but, you know, Oklahoma is pretty big. So that, that, whether it's like a a, a road or a building or whatever, but, um, and I have a friend who actually moved to Oklahoma city and I was like, why would you go to fucking Oklahoma city? And same thing with Cleveland. I mean, they've like revitalized Cleveland. And so there's these cities that have kind of figured out, Hey, we got to like get, get with it. And, you know, downtown Anchorage could be, I mean, it could be so much better. Mm-hmm. It's not that good. I mean, it's like, it's just not, Nordstrom's is gone. People used to go shopping at Nordstrom's. Yeah, in the, people love Nordstrom's. You know, summer, it's wintertime. It was decorated. It was an experience. Yeah, that 4th Avenue Theater is still fucking just sitting there. I have mixed feelings. I mean, the thing I like about Palmer is that it's not super done up. And so it's weird to have, you know, that the highway right next to the fairgrounds there's more okay the stoplights are great but they're but they're developing all this stuff and now there's like gardens and and installations downtown which is really beautiful and nice but it almost i don't so know like it's not old, it doesn't like, feel like alaska so you yeah, like the I, old, I, like, I prefer like the charming downtown where you just like it because it's there yeah and, but, and you don't have anything else to like i mean i could say that for palmer like the old kind of homesteader rustic but you know they're growing um but for anchorage i mean we're a city like we're a big city a, not a big city, but we're the biggest city in Alaska by far, and we're not a small city. So I think, you know, the, the importance of a downtown as far as an economic center, but but also a kind of culture, like, you know, we're here, we live here. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there should be, I mean, I don't know what they could do. I don't know the rules on it, but, I mean, dedicate the, you know, quarter west end of the park strip, build some fucking big high-rise condos, and, you know, you know, people can have some first couple floors of shops, and I think when you build that kind of stuff and then it, it, it develops that area and then more people live there and there's more of a culture and, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just getting like, people outside in the winter. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like for Anchorage to, 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 you know, what's the 2030, 2040 vision for Anchorage? It should be like attracting people to move here who can work remote, who want to have an outdoor t- type of, um, attitude. And, and we have like, 
all these people, like I said, Seattle, and I mean, how many tech people are in Seattle and like Silicon Valley? I mean, there's so many, fucking millions, mm-hmm. probably. And I don't know. I just, I just think that we we have to like envision, like for example, do you want? I mean, do you, you're young. Do you want to come back here and live and work, or like, what's your attitude about? You love Alaska, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's tricky. I mean, if the if the jobs in my field were better, I would probably be back here without question. But no, I mean, eventually, 2034, 20, that's 14 years. Do you think you'll be here then? I mean, you know, I, I, I was thinking, yeah, 2030, 2040. I mean, I was, I moved here in 04, so I've been here 16 years. Um, I love it here. I mean, I have a life here. There, there's been times where I've, like, looked at kind of, it's the crime thing's improved, but the homelessness issue has gotten so bad. I think we're all aware of it, and it's, it's, it's like, I just see stuff all the time where I'm like, why do we, why, like, you know, I feel like the government, the assembly isn't listening to the, like, demand demands or the voice of, like, the, what the people want. And I don't want to leave. I mean, I have no intention. I'm not planning to leave. But, I mean, at, at some point, we I mean, all... You have to re, you'd have to rename Alaska Landmine. I know, I'd have to, like... And it wouldn't work, but... I'd have to start anyway. the, like, uh, I don't know if, like, Hawaii Landmine... I wouldn't live in Hawaii, but, like, the... I was joking about... Um, I was joking about if... Because if, they're saying Putin now. I don't know. I've been reading some reports where... He might have Parkinson's, you know, and they're talking about some kind of transition thing mm. in 2021 where he might step down. There's been a couple of reports on this. So I was like kind of saying, because I lived, spent a lot of time in Russia and live there and, and I speak Russian pretty well. And I was saying, yeah, if Putin goes away, um, I might just fucking go start the Russian landmine, <laughs> which is a weird name. <laughs> it's a weird name. Uh, yeah, it's more terrifying. Yeah, I mean, because they do make landmines and they're pretty bad, like scary ones. But I mean, if Putin does step down, or go whatever. I mean, Russia. I don't know how familiar you are with like the '90s and Russia after the Soviet Union. It was total fucking chaos. It was just the worst. It was horrible. Like gangsters ran the show. There was like massive amounts of corruption. And you know, Putin kind of whether you like him or not, he's basically when he came in power in 2000, he started to control things and improve things. And you know, maybe he was with a heavy fist, but he's essentially mm-hmm. kind of run the sh- ship. Like you know, you guys can do what you want to do, but like. Don't, don't fuck around. We're going to, we're going to like Moscow is so much better. I was first there in 06 and it was like hookers all around. There was like, you know, there was no cabs. You just had to put your hand out and grab somebody. There was like liquor stores were open all, you know, now I went there last for new year's and like the, all that's gone. I mean, mm. they, they've, there was casinos on every, like almost every corner. Those are all gone. So they've improved it a lot, but if Putin goes away, there's going to be this power vacuum where who knows what's going to happen. I mean, just, there's no telling. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about, you know, if I went over there and started, like, the Russian landmine. <laughs> I'd probably be, be last about two weeks before they were like, who's, they shut it down. who's, who's American uh, writing things <laughs> about us? Uh, we have a special place for you in Siberia. No. <laughs> we call it Gulag. <laughs> well, anyways, Maddie, it's been great doing the podcast. I've wanted to do the podcast for a long time. Um, a little sad you're leaving, though. Cause, mm-hmm. cause I, I'm sad, too. Are you taking your landmine coveralls? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in in my suitcase. I thought about wearing them today, too. Oh, they were really pretty funny. So it, you were, it was just you and Paxson wearing. So we wore them. I wore them for our first election central in 2018 at the primary. We all wore them, and I was wearing them on camera. And we part, at that time partnered with the ADN. And afterwards, they were like, "Yeah, it went great. Um, we want to do it for the general, but you know, could you please not wear the garbage suit?" Like, we had some calls. Yeah, so funny. And that was almost hard to believe until I showed up to Election Central and, and Noah thought I was a mechanic. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the guy helping Scott was like, yeah. why, why, are you, do you like work on cars? 
Tell, wait, real quick. Tell the story about, this is awesome, your Halloween story. My Halloween, okay, so. This is amazing. Yeah, I, I, I had these coveralls. I didn't have a Halloween costume, and I decided to go as a working woman's news source and basically wore my. Like, like a Michael Myers, because Michael Myers wears that uh, coveralls. Mm. You know the scary, scary guy, Mike, you know that, Michael Myers? Please tell me, I'm, I feel so fucking old. Halloween, Michael Myers, the scary mean guy who kills everybody. The Does he have a hockey yeah, mask yeah, as No, well? no, he has the weird <laughs> Michael Myers mask. Oh, my God. I got to show you. You don't know, Mike, I feel so old right I, now. I feel so young. There's like Halloween, there's like eight Halloween, Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, da-da-da, that song, that music. That's Michael Myers. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I anyways. See, see, see he's wearing... Okay, he's, but yeah, he's, he does have the navy... He wears coveralls. coveralls. Mm-hmm. So anyways, okay, so you're wearing this these coveralls for your costume to like a part, like some mm-hmm. people, some people, and what they say? And, and people, they, they saw the back, it's, it's just like a full embroidery of the logo, and they're like, how much did you spend on that? Wow, <laughs> wow, and then I had, you know, it was probably a little confusing, I also wear a beanie, because it's, you know, out, outdoor party, and, and sunglasses, just to make it look like I put effort into the look, but... Uh, yeah, and then, and then someone's like, oh, she, she works for them, so oh, <laughs> so it makes a little more sense. I'm sure they were like, that's an elaborate costume, wow. <laughs> you, were you, please tell me you were, you were wearing a must-read Alaska beanie. No, 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 don't, don't have one of that, those. That, that's your best, I think your best work ever is, um, I use this every week, and people still bring it up, so so obviously, you know, there's a rivalry, I don't like her, and you know, we don't get along, and um, she has her little click here to donate with her little beanie type, little kind of artistic mm-hmm. rendering, so I said... I said, um, <laughs> you know what I told you? Not, I not said, a- I said, make this same thing for me wearing the same outfit, but make it look, make me look really shitty. Like <laughs> I said, just do the same thing, but like really shitty. So it's like, it's I know, like I me. remember I was like, you, it's like, just to clarify, you want it to be bad on purpose. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, yes. Okay. I can do that. So it's like me. And it's like, it's every, every, every Sunday column I put it in there and it's like, click here to do, but it's like me and this like flannel. I have this like fucking look on my face. It's it's so it's, shitty. It's so bad. Yeah, I guess my cartoons have improved since then. I remember I just found a mouth online that was like open yeah, so and then like, just put it. On. I'm like open with my <laughs> like, teeth. I'm like, ah. like <laughs> people have like I still get comments about that. They're like, oh my god, because they know hers, and it's like yeah. it's clearly the exact same fucking outfit. What'd you yeah. do? You just like found the like outfit pattern, or I mean, it was a plaid like red. I'm gonna, pull, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pull this pattern. up here. It's on my Sunday. It's so so, folks. If you're listening to this, you want to look. Just go to alaskalandmine.com. Go to the Sunday column. Sunday minefield. It's in every Sunday minefield. Yeah, I wonder what people think if they don't understand the reference. If they're just saying, "Man, the, the design hat. quality is going down." Yeah, like wow, they really had a problem with her. <laughs> yeah, no, I just made all that. You know, probably made the Big Dipper by hand. As it's well. amazing. <laughs> well, anyways, Maddie Co. It's been great doing the podcast. I loved it. Um, good luck back at RISD. We will be in touch, obviously, via text or phone call or email about other projects. So, mm-hmm. uh, not and, past and midnight. I'm gonna miss Toby here. He's he's such a he's such mm-hmm. a good boy. He's just lying down, having a little nap. So, thanks a lot, Maddie. Good good mm-hmm. talking to you. Good, yeah, best thanks, of luck. Jeff. All right, and if anybody if anybody needs any graphic work or anything, they can get a hold of you on your website. Or what's the best way to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, MaddieCo.xyz, and you'll see my email. Okay, okay. MaddieCo.xyz. Folks, if you ever need any kind of graphic stuff or whatever, she's awesome. She's really good, and I give her ten out of ten. So. Nice work, Maddie Co. Uh, all right, folks, if you um, want to do a podcast or have an idea for a podcast, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.